as a user, it's great because I have, I can either check what is on the TV and, you know, you have more content on TV. You have like slow motion actions. You have, I don't know, presentation of, 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 of uh, players, for example. But at the same time, I still, I can still switch on the other mode. Uh, and just check what I want on the on the field. Um, so we had to we have to develop the tech, and that's why we approach a few clubs. The one that were a bit more, we could see from you know like quick research that they were a bit more proactive on this the topic of accessibility. This is the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast, showcasing outstanding startups and initiatives in the global sports tech ecosystem. From Sports Tech X, the leading source for data and insights about sports tech. Here is your host, Ron Maholtra. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast. We are continuing our theme of running with interesting themes from the world of sports and technology. Last month was our Women in Sports Tech Month, or rather, I should say, Sports Tech for Women's Sports, how technology is helping women's sports grow. We had a great lineup of guests, including investors, startups. Go check out that if you haven't yet. This month is actually about inclusivity through technology and how sports tech is helping differently able people access their sport of choice. And... I cannot lie, the guest I have today was one of the inspirations for the idea behind having such a theme that I found that there were actually enough companies that we could make uh, four good episodes out of it and also uh, write some articles. So I have on the podcast today, co-founder and CEO of Give Vision, Elodie Draperi. Welcome to the show, Elodie. Thank you very much for having me, Ron. And I would definitely agree that there are a lot of innovation between, I mean, four sports and accessibility. It is true. And this is something that I have learned. Uh, we had a company called Accessorize. That was the first episode last week, which was founded by uh, a British Paralympian. Uh, he's a silver medalist in the Rio Olympics, which is to help disabled people you know, find uh, gyms and keep fit, basically, which have different ability. We have a nice lineup of guests. I will save those names for later, but I'm glad to, to talk to you today. And you make a great point that it is something that I don't think gets enough coverage uh, about how technology can help differently able people, uh, which is why we wanted to showcase your great solution. And I have to say, I came up across it uh, as I mentioned to you uh, just before we started in the article about what you did for Wimbledon, which I believe was a partnership with Vodafone, um, Give Vision, I should give a brief introduction, uh, is essentially a headset uh, that differently uh, visually impaired people can uh, wear um, to watch their sport, which is in, uh, in stadium or in venue. The most interesting thing for me about this technology, and I want Elori to speak about that, is that it will adjust depending on the level of visual impairment you have. So depending on what type of disability, obviously this is specific to sight, but what level of disability you have, the headset can adjust to it. So we want to get to the technology part uh, as well. But before we get there, um, Elodie, I want to understand more about you as the person behind the initiative or the team behind the initiative. What took you down this path? What brought you uh, to set up a company like this? Um, so I think we have a very interesting kind of setup with our company because I have two um, two co-founders. Uh, 
one has a disabled child. He's not visually impaired, but you know he's um, he's in in a wheelchair. So this co-founder was definitely very sensitive to all the needs for disabled people in everyday life, and the other co-founder was very uh, interested and you know very kind of geeky about new technologies and how it can be applied. And I joined in into, with my more like social entrepreneurship hat. So for me, what is very important um, in kind of startup life is how you can create as much impact as possible. Um, so there was a very great combination on how we can use this new technology that is mostly being designed for gaming or for entertainment, uh, but how we can how we can apply something that is a bit more impactful for, for people. So it started around this kind of crossover between uh, smart glasses and uh, what we realized um, a lot of needs from people who are visually impaired to access visual information on their everyday life. Because I think there is a bit of misconception that people that are visually impaired are mostly blind. Um, but actually, when you look at numbers and when you look at the community of blind and visually impaired people, even those that are legally considered as blind, they do have some remaining sight. And this is what we are trying to enhance with the headset that we have designed. Yeah, and I think for me, when usually when we say headset, as you talked about earlier, it's it's about entertainment, especially in today's context, it's all about VR and AR. And when, even those words, you think of the metaverse or digital worlds. And this application is so much more let's say, right there, it's so obvious and uh, maybe um, in a weird way accessible that you can bring this to uh, already a community that straight away can benefit. And I love that idea. Um, coming to your background, yes, I did see that you have a lot of, uh, let's say, experience with social entrepreneurship and uh, startups with purpose or, or whatever you want, companies with purpose, mm -hmm. uh, as you may call it. And uh, lastly, just on the company website, I love and I want you to expand on this, that Give Vision is a not-for-dividend company which is an interesting uh, language change that I have not seen before. It's usually not for profit or something, um, but this is not for dividend. Can you just explain that a little bit? Please? I think we you know, realized very early on that uh, working in developing hardware or you know, tech and hardware um, and just how we can apply this, this headset, um, because I think we just started, this is like we've developed the baseline and basically, in order to maximize also the application of this headset, it will require a lot of investment. So it's really about how everything that we're gonna, you know, um, we're gonna generate will be then re-injected re in research and development, because this is, yeah, there are so much, you know, so much more that we can do. So it was more in, we we wanted to, to make it very clear that everything will be then used for innovation because when you're an innovative or innovation company it's not just a one product one shot thing you know it's like a, a long-term research and development work yeah and that's an important point and we talk about with usually social ventures um the idea of financial sustainability is very very important a to attract good talent to get the best people you you can afford to pay maybe slightly lower salaries but you cannot say hey work for 10 percent of what you're worth or 20 percent of what you would get elsewhere you can take 20 percent less but not at 80 percent less so for to get good people such as yourself such as the team that i'm sure is part of it 
to be financially sustainable, to say that, hey, we are a revenue generating business, but we are not going to take out uh, or pay out excessively. I think that's an important yeah. idea to drive home as well. All right. So now let's talk about let's talk about the headset itself. So I'm, I'm sure we'll insert that the editors will take care of putting some pictures and videos or whatever in this uh, in the episode. But essentially, it's a it's a VR headset. It looks like a VR headset, uh, which has some sort of mirror plus camera combination which adjusts to the visual impairment of the uh, of the wearer can can you explain how that works please sure um so we have as you said a vr headset the point is for the headset to be very at uh, the screen to be very close to people's eyes so um it was very important that it would be a wearable um, a headset is also great because it's a closed environment and for people that are visually impaired um you know they can all the light interferences can be very can be very impactful on like their what they can see so it's a very good combination to kind of cut the glare and all the light interferences um, but we use uh, we use a phone so the phone would be you know the screen and all the camera the processing system of the device it's not something that the the person the user is interacting with we want to have the user experience very simple, um, interfa interface very simple, but they do have a little remote control Is and it's with this remote control that they will adjust the image to their needs. Mm -hmm. So when we say it will adjust, it's actually them that will adjust the image. So we know that people who are visually impaired will need a lot of magnification. They will need to be able to adjust different level of zoom and also maybe have stronger contrasts or be able to handle, you know, the, the brightness differently, especially for those that are sensitive to light. So it's this whole kind of combination again, all those features that will be um, available on the remote control and they will adjust that. So if I am in a stadium and let's say I'm albinos, so I'm kind of sensitive to light, I will first of all adjust the brightness and then I want to see my, you know, favorite athletes on um, the field and I will just be able to zoom. So we can zoom quite far. Um, it's like more than 20 times. Uh, so it's it's like a, a very kind of sophisticated pair of pair of binoculars. But this is all combination of, you know, I'm wearing this headset, cutting any light interferences. My The screen is close to my eyes, so it's kind of stimulating photoreceptors in people's eyes. And at the same time, I have this remote control, which enable me to to adjust um, the image to what I want to see. And I think that also logically makes sense, especially because this is in, in venue or in stadium. So these are changeable conditions as well. So That's say right. over, over a tennis match, you're watching the Wimbledon final, which is five hours or something, if Djokovic and Nadal are playing. Um, so obviously light is changing over that period of time. So the ability to adapt also becomes important. Um, very That's interesting. Right. And I, I brought up Wimbledon and I brought it up in my intro as well. Um, but that's not the only use case. I saw that you've also done something with uh, some Premier League clubs, uh, with uh, I think it was the France basketball. Uh, um, so how have you been working with uh, leagues? Or I mean, because our listeners are not just investors, um, we have or startups, we have leagues or teams or federations. So how do you partner with them? Because I also know that the Wimbledon partnership was through Vodafone. 
So there is a corporate element as well. And then there is the partnership with the actual event. How does that work? Um, so to understand also how we work is that um, we basically we developed this device um, a few years ago. Um, and it's just been a couple of years that we wanted to really adapt the, the headset that we have that can you know enhance people's remaining vision. We wanted to adapt it to the, the sports and kind of cultural events because we knew that this is where there is a kind of a higher gap. Um, you know, the number of people, visually impaired people going to those events is very, very low. Um, and the the explanation is also because of this kind of lack of solutions for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is something, so for, for us, working in sports is quite new because it's like, I mean, new in terms of like, we created the company in 2014 and we started really adapting the technology for, um, for you know, optimizing the experience of spectators, visually impaired spectators, a couple of years ago. And it, it started from, you know, a couple of things from people's users' feedback, saying this is something that they would, you know, really want to use more in stadiums, but also from interest from, um, at that time, it was another football league, um, uh, football club that reached out because they, want, they were interested in exploring that. So it was, it was more like through opportunities that we said, oh, actually, yes, there is a big gap and this, we definitely know that this technology can be, we could use that in, in a stadium. Um, so from that moment, we just made sure that obviously the technology was there. You know, we could, we could make, we could make it work in terms of make, allowing people to watch what was happening. And for that, we had to adapt. So I, I discuss, we discuss about this headset using different zoom you know, to more like in terms of augmented reality to look what is around and being able to zoom in. But we also have, in terms of viewing option, we also have the connection to what is being filmed in, you know, real time. So we get this kind of mixed um, stream, sorry, <clears throat> the mixed TV stream. And for that, it meant we had to develop uh, our whole system, you know, connectivity system, to catch the signal of the uh, the TV stream, so as a user, it's great because I have I can either check what is on the TV, and mm-hmm. you know you have more content on TV. You have like slow motion actions, you have I don't know presentation of of of, of uh, players, for example. But at the same time, I still I can still switch on the other mode uh, and just check what I want on the on the field. Um, so. We had to. We have to develop the tech, and that's why we approach a few clubs. The one that were a bit more, we could see from you know, like quick research that they were a bit more proactive on this the topic of accessibility, and um, they were very open. So Crystal Palace, for example, uh, was uh, very open to uh, to do some testing because they do have a lot of um, they do have a lot of fans that are visually impaired. Um, so that's why we kind of identify <clears throat> right partners to do some testing. And then um, this summer was kind of the first time where we were ready to leave the tech for a few days. You know, it was quite it was quite a busy summer. You you mentioned we mentioned Wimbledon, 
but we were also at the same time in Paris, there was the World Para-Athletics. Um, so, um, yeah, I think it's more a question of, you know, we approach as many clubs or many sports as possible because this technology can be applied anywhere, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we we just kind of focus a bit more on those clubs or those partners that are, again, or a bit more proactive or set, or do a bit more about accessibility so we know it's going to be maybe easier to to talk to talk with yeah it's a good point i mean you also the way you describe yourself even on your website and stuff it's as a med tech company it's not a sports tech company it's a technology that has multiple applications and sports is just one of them um just coming back to the okay so one thing i want to clarify there is that so essentially as the wearer i can i have two modes i can either switch to live and actually That's can right. zoom, and then I can zoom in and zoom out of the um, of the field of play, or uh, there is a screen which is getting the broadcast from which is what is going to television. So I can either watch that or I can watch it live, and I yeah. can switch between the two. Okay, fantastic. That's right. But and you can apply the features, so the zoom and contrast and everything on both modes. On both. Yeah. Got it. Perfect. Um, coming back to the business model. So um, it sounds like this is more a B2B place. So when you're going to these clubs like Crystal Palace or whether it's Vodafone or Wimbledon or whoever your partners are, they are the ones who are essentially paying you to bring X number of headsets into the uh, into the arena, into the venue, and then they will find uh, potential users for that. Is that how it works? Or do you also have any sort of direct-to-consumer model where if I'm a visually impaired person, I can just buy a headset and wear it whenever I want? Um, so, yeah, it's a good question. For us right now, we're focusing on the B2B model. So as you said, selling to uh, sport clubs um, or any kind of event organizers that want to improve their you know, accessibility portfolio during an event. And uh, we, uh, we, sell, we sell services around the uh, temporary installation or permanent installation um, but um, yeah, then it will depend on obviously the number of days of an event and on those things. Um, so we are focusing now just on the B2B to, to make sure basically our kind of ambition is to uh, be, become a new accessibility standard you know, mm-hmm. for sports and cultural events. And is there a lot of setup required for you to be at an event uh, in terms of, I don't know, are you putting up other additional cameras or anything, or is it just the headset so you can basically go to any event, bring your headset, and whether it's a one-day event like a football match, which is like for two, uh, two hours or whatever, versus uh, Wimbledon, which is 14 days, it doesn't make a difference. You just bring the headset and it's plug and play. Is that easy? There, is, is that easy? there, there is a bit of a setup um, and especially if um, we want to, so for what was really interesting and, and great with, with uh, Wimbledon and, and Vodafone is, um, is the 5G. So we ad- adapted our technology to work with 5G. And obviously 5G means for us that we can offer a better coverage in a stadium because otherwise we might be limited to where our connectivity system is placed and then you know the headset will be should should be kind of close to that system but in in the with the 5G you know it's like a bit more more freedom um, but yeah so there is a bit of set of of setup it depends again if it's 5G or normal kind of wi-fi technology um, but f- from 
if I compare with Wimbledon and the other, the World Power Athletics, you know, the installation was was very was very easy. We need to make sure we talk to the TV broadcast and for them to give us the you know the, the kind of the TV stream. So we need to kind of plug one cable, and that's pretty much it. Stay up to date with all things sports tech and sign up for our newsletter. You'll get a monthly breakdown of the most important developments in the global sports tech ecosystem, paired with exclusive interviews with industry leaders. Get all of this and more delivered directly to your inbox. Sign up today at sportstechx.com. Okay, good. That's also good to know, again, for listeners that it's not too complicated to adopt. Um, and I think that is that is the point that I was getting at because it really feels like this is like a no-brainer, you know, for a lot of sports uh, entities. Because I think also the conversation around accessibility to sport is usually around physical disabilities, especially bringing people to the venues and making sure there are ramps and wheelchair access and all these kind of things, which is great, of course. Uh, and I, especially in, in football, uh, having spoken yeah. to various clubs, um, they, a lot of teams would make an effort to make sure that uh, fans with physical disabilities who are wheelchair uh, housed will have, be able to come and uh, visit the stadium. Um, but usually things like this now, you, they can open up to say, hey, we can also bring in uh, visually impaired fans into the arena, which is great. Um, on that note, okay, so you've spoken about Crystal Palace, you've spoken about the World Paralytics, uh, Wimbledon, any other success stories that you can talk about within the sports world that, uh, that you, or maybe some favorite uh, uh, activation that you've done? I think really this summer with Wimbledon was definitely a very mm-hmm. exciting one because, we, you know, Wimbledon is, is a very known event yeah. Um, uh, because, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very known. So for, for us, the Wimbledon was very exciting. The World Power Athletics, I think, was definitely very exciting because it's also where um, a lot of athletes kind of qualified, um, you know, for then the, the, para, the, the Paralympics. So for us, what's happening in, in, in France, in Paris next year is also like a kind of a big, you know, a big milestone uh, because it could be the, the first Olympics, the first para, pa, Paralympics that is even more accessible. You know, I think they have this pressure every, it's, for, it's normal with any events really, but um, they have to top up, right? Yeah. So um, yes, um, and I think that there are definitely a lot of great solutions that will be that will allow them to do so. Um, but integrating is definitely not the the easiest part in the journey. So I think you know you you mentioned that a little bit because for me when I look at the product and its integration, um, I think yeah the integration into an existing stadium, an existing system. So like the Olympics, for example, is definitely another piece of cake. Uh, so this is something that we're working towards too. Um, but for the next couple of months, I would say that, um, or, you know, yeah, the next few months, uh, we have a couple of events um, that are also quite quite good. There, or, there is the final, um, the world final for uh, wheelchair rugby coming obviously there is the world cup the the rugby world cup 
Mm-hmm. There were some. Ba- there were so many events, basically. Yeah, so so many events. where, for, where for yeah. <laughs> and are, are you doing? The, I wasn't clear. Are you? So are you going to be at uh, Paris twenty four? Is that already an activation? It's, or you're yeah. in talks with them. So we're in talks with the different stakeholders. It's definitely a big machine uh, because yeah. you have the Olympic Committee, Paralympic Committee. You have then obviously Paris, Paris Council, Paris Region. Um, so it's. Um, I think it's it's just a you know a, a big project and and we we hope that we'll be able to kind of um, officialize things quite soon. Uh, but this is something yes we are talking to- towards too. What is quite exciting is um, the fact that we are looking at also permanent more permanent installations in Paris because you know they want to have the legacy after the the games. So it's not just uh, okay. This is happening from you know from this date to this date. It's something that we're looking at long term installation, which is is would be would be great. Yeah, absolutely. I know the, um, Omar um, Omar El Zayat, the, the head of innovation at Paris Twenty Four. He's an old friend. Um, that if he, I was going to say, if he's not on this already, that he they have to be. I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure you're in, you're in touch with them. Um, so that so that's all the good stuff. Uh, and as a startup founder, as part of a founding team, you still have to deal with all the normal challenges that a, that a startup has to deal with. You hear a lot more no's than uh, than you would like, maybe from investors. And I, to my surprise, well, not surprise in the startup world, you're not surprised by too many things. But sometimes even the no-brainers don't really get the get the traction, or they still hear no's more than they would, or it takes a long time. Uh, what have been some of the challenges that you have had to Face specific to bringing give vision, where I assume the first meeting everybody's interested, but then maybe it takes too long to transition to the implementation, mm. or um, I'd also so that's on the uh, actual activations or impl- uh, implementations with the events. I'd also like you to speak about on the funding side. So I don't know how your funding setup is right now. Are you bootstrapped yourself? Have you got external investors? And then also speaking to investors, as I'm sure you are. What has that experience been like? So, because like I said, I can imagine all the first meetings everywhere go great, but then are the follow-ups also as uh, promising? Yeah, I think we definitely have. Um, when you talk about like challenges, that obviously yes, we do have um, a lot of challenges. I'm trying to think what is the main one. I think the main one right now is more um, again how to facilitate this the integration of the product. Um, I think one of the main first kind of realization early on when we started Give Vision is, uh, wow, we have a product that works. What is great is that people wear the headset and then you can you can tell straight away if it's you know working or not. Um, and we were you know we are quite blown away the, the all the kind of reactions of users. Uh, but this is not enough. This is not enough to make a product, you know, uh, work and to make company w- like uh, to have a um, sustainable kind of business model. You have to think how really you tap into, um, you know, budgets. You tap into something that is already in place. Um, so I think this is where the the main challenge is because even if a lot of clubs. Um, a lot of kind of sports federations or, you know, they're trying to improve accessibility, they still don't necessarily know how to do it and uh, also have like clear budget allocated to it. 
Mm-hmm. So every time we thought that, you know, talking to a few will give us kind of a roadmap on how to do it. But actually every, every kind of part, like potential partner we're talking to, um, it's, it's like, it's like, a you know, we have to adjust to see what they need, how we can make it work. So there's it's, a big education layer for you as well. That's right. That's right. So, so yeah, so it's, it's hard to say, yeah, it's going to take, you know, two, three months to negotiate and then implement it, we don't really have again this kind of roadmap and maybe we will in a you know a few months or a couple of years but right now i think everyone is definitely as you said they, they are interested but sometimes it's a question of like do we have the right contacts do they have you know the right kind of decision maker to for them to activate and you know implement something it's uh it's yeah it's still um like a normal I would say like a normal business um, challenge, right? Um, but I think that with accessibility a little a little bit more, just because of um, right now there is things that work and people know how to do it. So, for example, having space like for wheelchair and they might have a budget for it. But when we talk about different type of innovations, not quite yet. So. Yes. It's still it's still really um, can take some time in in discussing around it. Yeah. It's not a line item in the budget yet. When it has yeah. to become a line item in the budget, then it becomes a more uh, attention thing. Um, uh, on part two of that question, which was around the investor space, so um, a like I said, uh, tell us about how you're currently funded, and b how have those conversations been going with investors? Sure. Uh, so we, you know, we had investors, uh, we raised a seed round really early on. Um, and I think what we did, because there was a lot of, again, investment to do in terms of the hardware development and, you know, the technology development. Um, so we, we also uh, worked a lot on, um, you know, grants. We had a lot of R&D grants the past right. few years. Mm-hmm. And we reached a stage where we're like, okay, we have, you know, we have a solid product. We can obviously improve and keep like adding more things on it, but we have something that is solid. And now we really need to focus on kind of commercial deals. Mm-hmm. So right now, this is our main focus. We, you know, started generating deals, um, having, you know, clients again, could be event organizers or football clubs, uh, any sports clubs. Um, and this is the way we're funding. We, we might look into, okay, if we want to grow because right now we are mostly working in, in Europe, UK and Europe. Uh, but if we want to really expand quickly, we might look into uh, getting some you know, private um, or public investment. But this is not the main focus for uh, in, in you know, the way we're operating now. And actually, in a weird way, it's, um, it's heartening to hear that the fact that you have a revenue focus and you think that this is the way we can drive sustainability for this business, that there is this is a product that the market should want and does want. And as long as we can find enough people to pay for it and there are enough, certainly enough sporting events, that there's no shortage of those. And as you said, yeah. the, this is a product that can go uh, to any uh, event, uh, not just sporting. So there is clearly a ready market there and maybe that's just how you have to fund it. You don't have to rely on... Uh, external capital because that's a not every business is investable that's another thing which is commonly said in vc not every business is built for uh, venture funding but b if your business can get there with revenue 
why why waste time talking to revenue talking to investors when you can be talking to clients it's a certainly a more um, long-term beneficial group to be engaging with yeah, no, it's definitely a question of, of, of stages as well. And I think we are at this stage where we need some like very, we need this kind of traction. Yeah. We need to show that this can be installed, if, you know, we can sell to different type of, uh, of clients. And um, But again, I we see the, the benefit, right? Because if we need, again, to grow um, f- fast, uh, we, will, we, will, we will need um, in kind of an injection of cash. But right now, I think, yeah. The, the priority is definitely the on the deals. Fantastic. All right. Um, Elodie, so I think we've covered a lot about the product. We understand where you guys come from, um, how you kind of work. Uh, you, I want to talk about what's next. So where, is, where are you headed in the next 12, 18 months? You already mentioned some of the events that you will be working with in the next few months. But what is the overall uh, vision, uh, if I can excuse that pun, uh, that you want to go towards? Is it, um, for example, is it continuing to work in this disability? Maybe there are other disabilities that you want to address. Where do you believe this company is headed? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think for us and also the kind of expertise that we've built the past almost 10 years um, is really how we can, you know, apply this headset for helping people that are visually impaired into, you know, um, having more independence and more autonomy in everyday life, uh, but also maybe how we could prevent sight loss. So there is another project that we started working a few years ago, and it's how we can also use that headset to monitor the, the vision remotely. Mm-hmm. And um, so right now we're doing a couple of um, uh, clinical trials uh, but this is again. So it's all about the application of the headset in the the the, the field of um, low vision and sight loss. Mm-hmm. So this is where again, where we have the experience, expertise, the network. Um, I don't think we will go for different disabilities. It's really about how we can, um, you know, improve on that te- the the vision, the technology around vision. Because when we compare to, for example, hearing aids. We, it seems that you know the technology around vision is like twenty years behind. Mm-hmm. So there is there is definitely a lot to do, and um, if we can also prevent on site loss, that would be uh, that would be a, a huge um, a huge again achievement for us. And that's a great focus to have. Um, I mean, I, I, that's something that learning for me, which is also why I love having these kind of conversations. That sight loss, uh, our technology around that is not as, um, or not as near as caught up to hearing loss, for example. Um, maybe a personal request, if you have something, because my uh, little pug, uh, my dog is uh, losing her eyesight. Uh, she's. If you get something for dogs, that would be lovely because then we can watch football together, which I would love to do. Um, but I don't think she really cares. I think she just likes to sit on my lap. But yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure uh, having you on the show. My last question before I let you go um, is I like to believe that we're all sports fans first. Um, or at least not first, but certainly sports fans, which is why we choose to work in this industry. So I would like to know what has been your uh, personal favorite sporting moment, uh, either one that you maybe participated in as an athlete or just as a fan. Uh, I'm curious to hear. Um, I think, you know, it was, I was quite um, blown away by the para uh, athletics. Mm -hmm. It was, it was just, it was just, yeah, it was just very, it was just very moving um, 
so much. Yeah, I just it, it was my first athletics competition, so for me that was um, that was very highlight uh, this summer. Um, and well, if I if I also share a little bit more personal, so I I come from uh, French Polynesia, um, like a small island called Tahiti, mm-hmm. and there the national sport is um, is you know this kind of big wood canoe. Um, so I think this is where I'm still very excited. I'm, I missed this a bit here. Um, it's not it quite the same. It's a, it's called Va'a, um, the, the Taishan name, uh, V-A and the apostrophe A. Uh, but it's, um, this is like the national sport in, in, yeah, in the Pacific Ocean. You know, it's just, uh, so this is just, a, for me, this is a very kind of exciting type of time when they do the competition there. And thank you for that, Rodi. I did not know this sport existed. I'm literally Googling it as we're talking and it looks like something that we will uh, check out and maybe I will find some technology around. Oh, yeah, because, you know, because the, um, the surfing competition for the Olympics is in Tahiti, in Teahupo. Ah. Okay. Um, so I'm sure they will talk a lot about those kind of, um, you know, water sports that, that we have there. <laughs> Yeah, sounds interesting. Maybe we can find some application and we can get some sports tech company for... Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah. sure. Let's get in touch about it. Then. Yeah, actually, it is an idea that we have on our list of ideas, like uh, sports tech for new sports. Um, right. Things like pickleball, which is exploding, and, and other such, or chess boxing, or um, right. all these kind of weird, interesting new sports. Va probably is not new. It feels like... Uh, yeah, it's no, it's uh, definitely studio, yeah, quite old. Uh, but maybe new to a, a large audience who would not have heard about it. Uh, for well, our small audience now will know a little bit about Va. I'm sure um, other people have Googled it as well, uh, like me. Uh, Elodie, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Uh, thank you, first of all, for all the amazing work that you do. Um, I personally don't have any experience... Uh, with visual impairment, I mean, my family wears glasses and stuff, but uh, uh, but not that. But I do have experience with uh, with physical disabilities in our family, and um, also it, it's a personal topic. So anything, any uh, endeavor in this space um, is is just amazing, and I think it uh, brings joy to so many people. Uh, so thank you and your team, and um, let's help you find some revenue. Maybe we can uh, put you in touch with some some good people and uh, and help bring give vision to to a larger audience. Thank you so much, Ron. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, that's a wrap for today's episode. This It's been a, already, I've done two episodes. It's already been such a wonderful feeling at the end of the episodes. And I look forward to two more really good ones uh, coming up for you guys. As I've said before, uh, you can check out our previous series on um, women, uh, sports tech for women's sports, which is also a really good one. And go back to all the previous series as well, or just stay tuned for next week. See you guys then. Thanks for listening to the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast with Roan Maholtra. If you like our show, let us know and leave a review. And if you want to know more about us, check out sportstechx.com, where you can find our latest industry reports and updates. For a deeper dive into all things sports tech, check out our comprehensive database, SportstechDB, at sportstechdb.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at SportsTechX on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Join us next time for another insightful conversation with a leader in sports tech.